Guns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's us, and we are not inside the Auction Community Studios today. We're on the road. We're live from Footprint Center. All of our coverage all show long brought to you by FanDuel. We're out here, and we're with you until 6.30 today, as a matter of fact. We've got bonus burns and Gambo today on the flagship home of the Suns. because we've got 5 o'clock already? That's just right. that now. Wait, that go. It's like five weeks o'clock. over. Yep, Christmas. Christmas lights are going up in my neighborhood. Man. Oh, I got to put up the inflatable turkey this weekend. That's oh, wait. That's you still haven't go done that yet? No, I still haven't what's, done it yet. What's going on? Here? Still haven't done it yet. It's it's been a long week. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you got to take week. a picture of the inflatable turkey and and tweet it out. You have to. I will do that. We have to see what this inflatable turkey looks like. You you will. It's it's big. It's a it's, big inflatable it's a big turkey. Big inflatable turkey. For those yeah. who uh, don't uh, didn't hear me tell the story the other day, uh, my wife, God bless her, she believes that Thanksgiving as a holiday gets the shaft every single year. We yeah. go right from Halloween decorations to Christmas decorations, and there's nothing in between. So she uh, got mad as hell, and she wasn't going to take it anymore. And last year, she ordered off of Amazon a giant nine-foot inflatable turkey for the front yard. So we have Thanksgiving decorations at our house. I should give somebody free tickets to an event if they write 28 to 5 on it in the middle of the night. <laughs> no! Oh I want them defacing my turkey, then I just have to go get another one. Defacing your turkey? Don't deface my turkey. Do you know how much he paid for that? Seriously. Yes. It's inflatable. It was like ninety bucks. Forty-seven ninety-nine on Amazon. Oh I gotta go God. buy another one. If somebody writes twenty-eight to wow. five, no, please don't deface my turkey. Please. The thing is, is you think we're the only ones? We're not. There are we. There are a couple in our neighborhood who have them. We see inflated. I we mentioned this the other day. I had no less than a dozen people send me tweets of their inflatable, of their turkey. inflatable turkeys in their All front right. yards. All right. So it's not just a us thing. It's a it's a thing thing. Right. Uh, yeah, the shows flying by. The years flying by. Everything's flying by. You look at the standings in the NBA's Western Conference. Phoenix Suns have the best record at 6-1. and one. The team they're playing tonight has the second best record in the Western Conference, Portland at 5-2. and two. In fact, if you look at this, I know it's so early in the season. Look at these standings, man. They're whack. Portland's 2. Utah's 3. San Antonio's 5. Those are your... Right. Well, the Lakers, we're not surprised that the Lakers aren't any good. Okay. Now, who was that guy to hit that three-point shot for them the other night? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. 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 Like, God, it's like, who? Who who hit that shot? Matt Ryan. Yeah. But the surprise is, I uh, I think the biggest surprise is the Warriors. And then the Clippers aren't playing great. Nope. But But so the two teams that we probably felt would be the biggest threat to the Suns in the West, and then Denver, throw Denver in there as well. Denver Denver's right now been, is the sixth seed. Yeah. It, it, I, mean, I hate saying that, but they've got the sixth best record in the no, West. No, but none of those teams have gotten off to a really good start. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Golden State has a lot of problems, right? Steve Kerr addressed it yesterday. After they, they lost to Orlando. Uh-huh. I really like that Orlando team. Well... I really like that. Tank Cheryl's good. No, he's great. He's so good. He's yeah, great. He's and fun. Suggs, the, the Gonzaga kid, uh, he's, yeah. they're fun. They're fun to watch. They, they've got a real watchability. That's that my favorite team in the East. I, I love that team. Yeah, they're fun to watch. I really think that they're young and they're crazy. They're fun to watch and, and they beat Golden State, but Golden State's got some problems. Yeah. And would you say nobody's playing tonight for them? Steve Kerr benched everybody? Steve Kerr benched Curry, no Curry. Clay, Clay, Green. Green. And Wiggins. They're all not playing. They're all not playing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to look at their 
to look at their starting lineup. Okay, and, and somebody tweeted it out. Oh, let me just pull it up here real quick because it was like they're starting who? Chris Mullins tonight. <laughs> Hardaway. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. Not quite that bad. Uh, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Anthony Lamb, and Kevon Looney. That's the starting five for the Golden State Warriors tonight. Who do they play? They play. Not sure. Okay. Thank you. Oh, the Pelicans. Oh, New Orleans. That's right. We knew that. Okay. Yeah. All right. The Pelicans. So, and look, I know it's way too early to look at the standings. I, I went and looked at it because I know that tonight is one versus two in the West with it's the Trailblazers. It's never too early. But to you look, look at it and go, there are teams in the top six in the West that are will not be there by the end of the year that yeah. shouldn't be there. Yeah, the Jazz, Spurs. Sure. I don't even know if the Trailblazers are going to yeah, be there. Yeah, poor Danny. He, put together, you know, he, he traded everybody to put together a bad team, <laughs> and he actually got players that are actually really good. The good news for the Suns tonight is that looks like DeAndre Ayton is going to be back. Monty Williams a couple days ago said isn't surprised at all that DA will be back sooner than expected. Really, I mean, guys that you know put the work in, our st- all these staffs around the league, they're vast in how they can help guys get back on the floor, keep guys healthy, whatever the case may be. So I'm not surprised, nor am I like you know anything. It's just just the way just where we live uh, but we, we we don't have a definitive clear-cut uh, answer as to whether or not he's going to play tomorrow he did go through a full practice now we're just getting some news that just came down about tonight's game while deandre Eaton, it looks like he's going to play it looks like he's probable for tonight Dwayne rankin who covers the team for az central cameron Payne, sore left foot out for tonight's game will not play Okay. So, backup point guard is out. Backup point guard is out. And um, Dwayne Washington, baby. You see Dwayne Washington get some playing time. Has he even... Has he played, he's played a he's in one game, little, I think, right? I think yeah, he played in one game. He's he's usually one of those, you know, did not play coach's decision guys, uh, Dwayne Washington. But let's see, we'll see, if he's, see if he plays. Hey, listen, here's the other thing that, that benefits the Suns with no Jay Crowder trade. You know, this buys time to, to see who's healthy, who's not healthy, who plays well, who doesn't play well, and what you need. We've talked about this a few times, but, you know, really, like if, if you get an injury in the first month of the season – and you had made a trade before the season started, like you're you're up, you know, Blanks Creek. I mean, here, if you get an injury, you might now trade Jay Crowder for a different piece because it's based on that injury. So every game that goes by that they don't trade Jay, as long as they're playing well, you are buying yourself time if you're James Jones to evaluate your roster, see what would be a better fit. And and it, you know, and again, if you do end up with an injury, like a more severe injury, well now you've got the ability to trade for that player a player at that position Dwayne Washington Jr. has played in three games so far this year I, I couldn't have told you what three off the top of my head I just looked up the stats three games so far this season for Dwayne Washington Jr. so I would imagine he gets a little more run tonight with the news that Cameron Payne's out now for the Trailblazers they're dealing with a whole heap of injuries for tonight's game but because the Suns play them again tomorrow this could all change right like tonight Dame Lillard is out but I read that maybe he's available tomorrow. 
Uh, Anthony Simons is out tonight. That was kind of a not a last minute thing. We knew he was questionable, but he's been ruled out with left foot inflammation. That's two of their best players. So obviously tonight it's got a little bit of a you're bringing a knife to a gunfight yes, kind of feel. Absolutely. To it. Maybe Lillard is back tomorrow, but for a team that's gotten off to a really surprising start in Portland, that is a big kind of handicap going into. Yeah, the Yeah, there's no game. question. And you know, listen, they've got some guys that have played really, really well for them, but they're still starting a really tough six game road trip. And you know, they're five and two right now, and they, they've definitely been better defensively. And, and and Chauncey Billups has done a nice job for them, but they got six games in nine days. They've got two back to backs, including this one, and they've got to play Phoenix, and then they got to play Miami, they got to play Charlotte, they got to play New Orleans, got to play Dallas. I mean, it's not an easy trip. Uh, Dame will be back at some point. I think he did make the trip to Phoenix. Maybe he plays tomorrow. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, without him and without Simons, their, their chances of winning are very slim, in my opinion. But one of the problems, like, they're having a turnover problem. They keep turning the ball over. They had 20 turnovers against the Grizzlies. They had 19 against Miami. And they got some young players, and handling the ball's been an issue for them. They are 27th in the NBA in turnovers per game. Wow. 27th in the NBA, 16.6 turnovers per game. You know what the Phoenix Suns do really well? Forced turnovers. Forced turnovers. Really good at Mikhail it. Mikhael Bridges, the length, the, 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 the ability to jump routes. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. like So that doesn't bode well for Portland. they got to take better care of the basketball against the Suns if they want to have any chance of being in the game. All right, coming back on Arizona Sports, this might be the most important game that Cliff Kingsbury has ever coached in the NFL. And we're being serious about it. We'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It was a line in ESPN.com's preview of the Cardinals-Seahawks game. And as soon as I read it, I thought, yep, not only are we going to talk about that, yep. The That's true. It's the author who wrote it is absolutely right. That's it's, true. It's true. It's true. And the line simply is this quote: "This may be the biggest game of Cliff Kingsbury's tenure in Arizona." Close quote. Yeah, I could buy that. Yep. I mean, I don't think that's uh, hyperbole right there. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's legit. <laughs> I do. Still the best gambo mispronunciation of all time. Yeah, the truth is I had never heard that word before, so I really didn't know it. Uh, but you do now, and you, so now you play now. along with it. That's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. When I said it at the time, I was just reading, and I, I read it hyperbole, because that's what it sounds like. I thought like hyperbole, and I never heard of the other one. Now it's uh, hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah. 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 So, um, no, I believe that. I mean, I think that's absolutely true, that this is the biggest game, because I think that Cliff is coaching for his job. I think that if this thing goes south, this this isn't cap money like we say. We always talk about Michael money. Uh, Michael may get to the frustration point. We're like, look, this is just not working. First of all, here's the most important thing. You have to protect your investment in Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Kyler's not going anywhere. He's the quarterback of this team next year. And if they if they can't get Kyler right, it's going to fall on Cliff. Whether it's Cliff's fault or not is up for other people to debate. But there will be a fall guy. Like, 
The only thing that could salvage Cliff is, is if they just say, look, you're not going to call the plays next year. We're going to have somebody else call the plays because this isn't working. But I I still think that it's it's Kyler. Like maybe Cliff is not getting through to Kyler because Kyler's not saying the plays that are open. And that's he's had you know four years now of being with Cliff. It's like you need to be able to see what Cliff is seeing. And these plays are not terrible plays. There are guys that are open all the time. So that there will be a fall guy because you ultimately have to protect the incredible investment that you made in Kyler Murray. There's no doubt. I mean, his investment is just worth more than Cliff's. Uh, I by, mean, his, by a lot. By a country mile. By a lot. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's not even, and so you protect him, and if you get to the end of the year and you think that somebody can make Kyler be a better quarterback as head coach, then you might be compelled to make a change. Now, the taking the play calling thing away from him, that, that to me is a really fascinating option because if they don't if they don't want to eat Cliff's contract which is all guaranteed money from what you said earlier in the show that's a big old sandwich Michael would have to eat in the offseason that he wouldn't want to do it and if he's not in the mood to eat that kind of money maybe that would be the alternative all right we're going to bring him back as coach but you've Sometimes got Spencer Whipple's got to yeah. be the play caller right yeah. somebody else has got to be the play caller we got to do something different here to see if we can get a different result and maybe that would be the Punishment, for lack of a better way of putting it, that's probably oh, not you're the just right trying phrase. To salvage it. Yes. You're trying to salvage the look. How can we make this work without firing the guy? Well, a lot of times you change the coaches. Yep, you change the coaches. So, like, what you would do, but you, the, the, the coach you may want to change is the offensive coordinator, which is him. So, I do think that that's one area. If things go wow. south, they could look at that. I think there's two. I don't think there's an option where if things go south, then they don't play well. Where everything comes back status quo. I just don't think you could do that. Nobody's going to buy that. So you have two choices. Fire Cliff and bring somebody else in, eat the money, and bring another coach in that you know that you feel can better get through to Kyler. Or Kyler, you could bring Cliff back as a coach, but man, you can't, you know, you've got to make changes on that on that offensive staff to get the most out of Kyler and the and the team. Yeah, the alternative is to demote Cliff for back of a lack of a better way of putting it. You're not sure. firing him, but you're kind of demoting him by taking play calling away from him. I mean, look, you you've said it before and it's it's spot on. If Cliff were just the offensive coordinator and not the head coach, he'd be Mike McCoy. <laughs> gone. He'd be gone. Gone. He'd be, he wouldn't he wouldn't No, no touchdowns and, in the first quarter, playing from behind all the time. How much money's invested in this offense? They have more money invested in this offense than any team in the NFL has invested in their yeah. offense. Yeah, and, and look, to the point of I get it. There there have there have and you said this yesterday and and we have never once pointed to the injuries as a reason why for their struggles. There, there have been plenty of them. James Connors really been unavailable They've this been year. Decimated. And Rodney They've... Hudson's really been unavailable, right? They they have right. been beat to hell at a couple of key positions. And does that play a factor in this, you're naive as hell if you think it doesn't have anything to do but with what's going on with could the Could you go to Michael Bidwell and convince him that this is the reason why we're so bad? But what else? You couldn't go to Michael Bidwell and convince him that this is the reason. Why. Here's the reason why our offense hasn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter. We've had injuries. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Come think, on, man. Well, come this, on. Is the, this is the National Football League. Everybody has injuries. You rise, except you, the Vikings. <laughs> Please, except the Vikings. You overcome. You overcome. You just, you just uh, tough. Deal with it. I mean, and that's really. I mean, that's what it comes down to in this league. Yeah, we've got injuries. You've got injuries. They've got injuries. Tough. Deal with it. Figure it out. Seattle lost their starting running back. Didn't matter. San Francisco lost their starting running. Back, their backup wasn't good. They went out and got Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't matter. They lost their starting quarterback. Doesn't matter. I mean, like you, we could do the injury thing all day and look at this team and that team. If you're good enough to overcome it, you figure it out. And if you're not, you can't. And that's and that's that. Um, 
What scares me about this game this weekend is if we're going to sit here and frame this as, the, and by the way, it was Josh Weinfuss of ESPN. I want to make sure credit where credit's due. He's the one who wrote it in ESPN.com's preview of the game. This may be the biggest game of Cliff Kingsbury's tenure in Arizona. Here's the problem. The previous big games in Cliff Kingsbury's career haven't gone real well. No. In those moments where they have to win, need a win, it's very important that you win, they don't win. Go back to last year, every single game they could have won where they clinched a playoffs, but they didn't win one of them. Playoff game against the Rams, they got humiliated. Seattle in that game. game is the most important one. You win, you get a home playoff game. All you got to beat is beat lowly Seattle. Couldn't do it with that 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 quarterback that they traded because he was no good. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Like all you had to do is beat Seattle at home. You got a home bomb. playoff game. What a bomb that Russell Wilson. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> let's see if just let's see if Mitchell play the soundbite about his own quarterback. Yeah, they're better off with Brock Osweiler as that quarterback in Denver right now. <laughs> Drew Locke. Jeez. Man, they they'd kill for Drew Brett Rippin. Oh, where's Brett Rippin? Give me a you Brett, need I need a Brett Rippin sighting of anything dangerous. Uh, Tim, Tim Tebow, what's he doing now? One time. Didn't he win a playoff game? That's too dangerous. Did Tim Tebow win a playoff game? Be careful, though. <laughs> Would you please go play in those Russell Wilson creepy subway commercials? God, that creepy. It's a little secret. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Russell Wilson did like this creepy, weird subway commercial, and everyone on the internet was like, that's weird. It's yeah. called Danger Witch, and it's dangerously good. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't Russ. It was Pete Carroll. Pete should have been doing those commercials. Now we know it's all Pete. Yeah. 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 No, what you're right. But the sandwich be called. <laughs> you you beat Seattle and you get a home playoff game. They don't win a lot of these most of these these games. Now, another year, different players and everything. Yeah, this they don't they, they have to win this game. I do think that this is a defining moment for Cliff. I think so too. And, and look, it's been a lot of negativity this week, and it's been deserved. I want to change the narrative on Monday. I really do. I want to come in here and say, hey, it was the most important game of Cliff Kingsbury's tenure, and they won it. Hey, Cliff was feeling the heat, and they won it. Uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals were all but eliminated. If they lost, they won the game. I want all of that stuff to be one the narrative thing, on Monday. Outside of a win, give me one thing you want to happen in this game. Uh, one thing Give me one that thing. One I thing. want to have happen, I want Robbie Anderson to have right. 80 yards receiving and a touchdown. I want the Cardinals to not have to take a timeout to, to not <laughs> save a delay. That's better than mine. All right, I swear, I really want that. Mine. I would like to go through an entire game where the Arizona Cardinals don't waste a timeout. Okay, that's way better than mine. Just one game. Like, am I asking for too much here? Yes. Yeah? You're asking for too much. Yep. You need to lower your Just expectations. Just one game where you don't waste that timeout. Timeout. There's 10 minutes left in at the this, first quarter. At this point, I would, settle, doing? I would settle for just one wasted timeout. I'd be happy if there was just one moment where they had to waste a timeout, just, not multiple moments. Seriously. What was that incredible number you had on the wasted timeouts earlier? Uh, it was so good. It was so good. Kent Summers had it. Yeah. And such a good number. Let me pull it up here. Okay. Take the last three minutes of each half. First half, second half. Yeah, well, you usually That's what you usually save your timeouts you're for. Saving your timeouts Most for the, good coaches save their timeouts uh-huh. for, the, for those okay. situations. Okay. Against the Vikings, the Cardinals called four timeouts outside the last three minutes of each half. Overall, they have done that this year 18 times. If you take the time frame and expand it to five minutes at the end of each half, the Cardinals have called timeouts on 25% of their possessions this year. That is, according to Kent, the most of any Cardinals team in the last 23 years. It's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible to think that 
they waste more timeouts than anybody. And, you know, we knew it. Like, without the numbers, right, without Kent's numbers, I mean, wouldn't it have been easy to say, like, okay, what team wastes the most time timeouts? You would know that it's the Cardinals. You yeah. would know that they waste more timeouts than anybody else without the numbers to back it up. The numbers to back it up just makes it worse. I know. It makes, it makes it more embarrassing. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we spent all summer talking about the Nets, their situation, the mess that it was, and wondering whether Kevin Durant would end up in Phoenix. When we come back, we go to the national level to get the latest on what's going on with the mess that is the Brooklyn Nets and find out what it all means. That's next. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, hanging out with you on this Friday evening. We're on until 6.30 tonight, walking you right into Suns Trailblazers coverage here on the flagship home of the Phoenix Suns Arizona Sports. A lot going on around the association beyond just the Suns 6-1. and one. Great start to the season. And to talk about all things NBA, we welcome in ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We welcome him back to Burns and Gambo. Bobby, how are you doing on this Friday evening? Thanks for joining us. I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, are you surprised by the Suns' start, considering no Jay Crowder or Jay Crowder trade? Chris Paul's not hitting any of his shots, can't hit from three, no JaVel McGee, Dario's barely playing. Is, are you surprised they played so well early? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think you're always going to, you know, considering a little bit of the, you know, what hangover there was from the Dallas series, um, you know, dealing with, I guess, you know, adversity to start training camp, you know, you know, looking lethargic and for most of game one and then coming back. And they've played, you know, like the team, the regular season team that we saw, you know, last year. I mean, Mikhail Bridges has played at a, you know, we talked about it with, Jack Lowe today on his podcast. I mean, just at a high level and, you know, certainly with Devin doing what he's doing. And I think you're probably seeing a Western conference that at least right now um, is probably not, I think it will be, you know, really, really strong, but you've, you know, you're catching teams, you know, certainly, you know, teams like the Clippers, you're catching them probably at the right time. Minnesota still trying to figure out things. So um, when you bring back that, that same group, um, that allows you to get off to a good start. I, I want to talk to you about that Minnesota game and just specifically Cam Johnson, Bob, because your expertise here can really help. Mm-hmm. Cam Johnson had a tremendous game. They put him in the starting lineup. He had 29 points. He shoots the ball so, so well. He was not signed. He'll be a restricted free agent. Yeah. Same thing that DeAndre Ayton was. Did the Suns make a mistake in not getting him signed? Was his value just going to skyrocket now with the cap going up and him playing well? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because I think the cap, yeah, I mean, the cap's going up, I think, but you're starting to see, you know, certain teams coming off the board. Uh, you saw, you know, a team like Memphis that could have had room, um, you know, go out and do some, um, you know, extensions with, you know, Stephen Adams, um, you know, players like Brandon Clark's another good example. Um, you know, that's, you know, although we might have 12 or 13 teams here, some of those teams, as we've seen in the past, are not going to go out and put down a, you know, four-year, $90 million offer sheet on, um, you know, on a player like Cam. It just takes one. Um, so I think we're still in a, in a wait and see. I think we're, if you're a team out there that's looking to invest in him to north of $20 million, I think you probably want a little bit more, more body of work. But, um, you know, restricted free agency, the offer sheet process, as you guys saw, you know, the team has 
you got the advantage until you don't, um, until you get something there. And um, I think you you had the opportunity to become a, be a little bit of aggressive there. And there's no deal. Um, you know, you just, for for Phoenix's perspective, you just you know if you see a lot more of these you know 29 point games, then it will it will certainly cost you um, you know next year. Yeah, Bobby Marks from ESPN, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The other side of that coin, of course, is Jay Crowder, still a member of the organization, not traded. And again, from your kind of unique perspective here, it doesn't appear as if now there's any real rush for the Phoenix Suns to do anything. How is all of this impacting Jay? And if and if you were the Suns, would you be playing this nice and cool and nice and slow when it comes to Jay? Since you're not really compelled to do anything right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you know when he, you know, when they, I guess mutually agreed to kind of go in a different direction here. I just didn't think a, a trade was imminent. Um, we rarely see it. Um, usually, teams are in that kind of that twenty-day sample to see where their rosters are. You know, thirty-five percent of the NBA can't be traded right now because of you know every, all the restrictions from this past summer here. So I think when we get probably to December, I think maybe things pick up a little bit because maybe the asking price of a team. Maybe like Memphis or like Miami, you're willing to give up a little bit more than you were back in back in November here. So I think the thing for Phoenix, you know, you guys know, I mean, you want something that is not only going to help you this year, but, you know, can certainly try to help you, you know, next year just based on where their finances are. I, I think it's kind of, I mean, in some ways kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, this is a good basketball team. They signed him with a three-year deal. They paid him, you know, more years than anybody else wanted to pay him. Some guys probably their whole lives want to want to play on a team that has a chance to win a championship and they never get to. I'm I'm kind of surprised that Jay Crowder doesn't want to be on this team. I am too, and I think you know certainly you know it's, it's a little bit of a slippery slope when we're talking. You know, I don't. I wouldn't be in a position wanting to offer him an extension. Um, I would. You know, I don't think you. I don't think teams have to be forced to just because a player is going into an expiring year. Um, although a player that's helped you out and is you know getting up there in age, sometimes you want to play out the year here. And if the, if the extension part is the holdup, and you know it's certainly a, a little bit of a diminished role. If you're Jay Crowder here, you know you're kind of you come in with a little bit of an edge on your, you know, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, and you prove people wrong. You know, the value of Jay Crowder is not going up, for, you know, with him sitting, you know, sitting at home right now. Bobby Marks, our guest here on ESPN. I gotta ask you about the situation in Brooklyn, and I'm, I, we're just getting word that Nike has apparently announced that they are suspending its relationship with Kyrie Irving effective immediately. They will no longer launch his new signature sneaker, the Kyrie Eight. Obviously, you've been following the situation super close. You're talking about it a lot on the network. What he's suspended, he's not going to play anytime soon. How how long are they going to want to give this in Brooklyn? with the new coach before they decide this is an untenable situation and we need to make some major changes around here, do you think? Uh, it should have been Monday. It should have been Tuesday. You know, I think, and I said it you know, early in the week, it's like I get it if it's a you know, first time and everybody deserves, you know, maybe, you know, one or two multiple opportunities to fix things here. But, I mean, ever since, you know, certainly back in Boston and, and his arrival in Brooklyn, every year there's been something different here. And this is certainly the, you know, this is the, the tip of, you know, this is the number one thing, how egregious it is here. And I think you're from, from Brooklyn's perspective, like, it should be enough. It should be enough for him to, you know, for you to say, go home, 
you know, we'll pay you, we'll, you know, and you can find a new team next year when you're a free agent. I don't think, you know, I don't think that the trade value for him, I don't even think a team like the Lakers would, would flip Westbrook for him based on what everything happened here. And wow. I think you have to get to a point where he's not part of your future here. You know, I understand the Durant situation, wherever that goes here. I don't think you should be desperate catering to what Kyrie Irving wants. Um, and I think they've, they've done that the last three years. The Nets had all the leverage in the summer when, you know, Durant wanted out because they could have, they, 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 and I don't blame them for trying to run it back, Bobby. You had Ben Simmons coming in. You were hoping that he was going to be good. And, you know, you're hoping to get Joe Harris back and you're going to have Kyrie. And, you know, if everything goes right, that's a team that should have contended, you know, in the Eastern Conference. But it's not going to. It's a disaster. How soon are we going to be revisiting the Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns trade? I think the next 10 games, um, we'll see, you know, where this roster, you know, five of them without Irving, their schedule, you know, they're in Charlotte. I mean, they're in Washington. They got at Charlotte. And then it gets really tough. You know, Dallas, I think New York, you out West. Um, I, I'm interested to see where they are, you know, come, I guess, the, the end of November here. I mean, if they're six and 15, six and 16, I think you are revisiting the Durant stuff. I, and I, and I look at it because here is your really, based on what you owe Houston, here is your loan, basically your loan year to get a top pick in the draft. It, I know the, the Rockets have the right to swap. Houston's sitting at one right now, but there's an outside chance Brooklyn could be looking at the second or third pick in the draft. And I think you do need a reboot here. And I, I agree with you. The leverage, what you maybe thought they had um, in the summer, it's not there. So the package of home run players that you're looking for, is probably not there. The Pascal Siakam's of the world is probably not there right now. Brandon Ingram, you know, certainly the guys in, in Phoenix here. So now you're looking at, you know, are we looking just to get back draft picks for pick swaps, maybe some serviceable players like Utah did here. And I think, I think that's a decision that the front office will probably have to answer when we get to late November, probably early December. Yeah, they were ne- the Nets were never interested in DeAndre Ayton, and I think that's why a trade probably never came about. But the Suns did not want to put Mikhail or Cam Johnson into a package. They wanted to hold on to both of those guys. I would imagine it's still going to be the same thing, that the Suns and James Jones are very willing to give up whatever draft picks they can give up, plus pick swaps, but not give up any of their main core of players. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's enough, but if the Nets don't have the same leverage, maybe that can get it done. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they've got all those, you know, you mentioned Crowder and Campaign and Sarich. You know, they've got a bunch of expiring contracts to, to get it there. And maybe, hey, push comes to shove and you're taking one pick out. And if it's Cam Johnson, then that's something that that some front office will have to think long and hard about. But, yeah, the days of thinking that, a, a, you know, Mikhail Bridges is involved in a, in a potential Durant trade, I you know, it's the same as, you know, thinking that Pascal Siakam could be involved in a Durant trade in Toronto. I just don't, I don't think teams have to have to go there. Yeah. Bobby, I know it's late on a Friday. We appreciate the time, uh, especially joining us late on a Friday. Thank you for the conversation. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Got it. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby Marks joining us from ESPN on the Arizona Sports Line. Good conversation. That stuff at the end about Durant. Yes. Ten games. Maybe revisit, depending on the record. Yeah, you know what? We might hey, we'll come back on the Burns and Gambo show. We were going to talk about Jay Crowder and some trade possibilities, and we still will. But we'll probably react a little bit to what Bobby told us there, because I think he kind of gave us a glimpse as to what this might look like if the Suns wanted to get back into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, if there is one. We'll react to that next 
here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what is on tonight? The games that we are going to watch this evening. We're going to watch Suns basketball tonight. They take on the Portland Trail Blazers at 7 o'clock. We are bonus Burns and Gambo. We're with you until 6.30. Tom Leander coming on at 6. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to talking to Tom. Yeah. You know, and of course, not tonight. There's going to be a little quid pro quo with that. We'll be on the Bally Sports pregame show, you and I, at some point in the near future, I would imagine, doing some of that. So, um... Suns basketball is on tonight. I believe there is also Pac-12 football on tonight. I'm pulling up the scoreboard right now. And 23rd ranked Oregon State is at Washington tonight. That game is also on tonight. No World Series on tonight, but there's a ton of NBA action as well around the league. One more day to not have the Astros as the world champions. Enjoy it. it. Enjoy it. it. Might be your last day. Because then they'll have bragging rights for a year. It's coming. I'll take a game seven if we can get it. Yeah, I mean, nothing better than Philly game to, seven. You're asking Philly to win two. Oh, I know. It's probably not going to happen. In Houston. Yeah. yeah. That Mattress Mac guy is going to win like 75 million bucks. Did you see that he was letting oh my God. Eagles fans sit in his Texan suite last night? I think I saw that on Twitter. Really? The Mattress Mac was letting Eagles fans sit in his is he, is he a nice, is he a nice guy? Apparently, hey, he's just a nice guy. $75 million. You can sit in my suite. What do I care? Guy sells mattresses. He can make $75 million. Okay. So, I guess so. Mattress Mac. Uh, that's what's on tonight. It's become a household name because of the Astros. We are uh, on until 6.30. Tom Leander set to join us at 6 o'clock here on Burns and Gamble. Boy, we just, I'm glad we got Bobby Marks on. Um, I always enjoy having Bobby Marks on. I, I think he's, he's very insightful. He offers a lot. We talked a lot about the Brooklyn situation. Yeah, and yeah if, let's if, get into it. If you missed it, I, I did pass this along just a second ago. Nike announced they're suspending its relationship with Kyrie. They've got his Kyrie 8 shoe. A launch was coming out for it. It was going to be a really, really big deal, and now it's not. And that's no a lot show, of money. so that shoe won't come that out? That show, will, uh, for now, it will not come out. They will no longer launch his new Kyrie 8. Now, I'm not into the shoe thing. I know people who are. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal that Nike is saying, oh, never mind, we're not going to do this. So, Bobby Marks believes that because of this mess going on in Brooklyn, that you could see Kevin Durant trade rumors pick up again at the end of November. I think the next 10 games, um, we'll see, you know, where this roster, you know, five of them without Irving, their schedule, you know, they're in Charlotte. I mean, they're in Washington, they go at Charlotte, and then it gets really tough. You know, Dallas, I think New York, you out west. Um, I, I'm interested to see where they are, you know, come, I guess, the, the end of November here. I mean, if they're 6 and 15, 6 and 16, I think you are revisiting the Durant stuff. And if you do revisit the Durant stuff, he said that the big Durant trade packages, those are likely now gone. The package of home run players that you're looking for is probably not there. The Pascal Siakams of the world is probably not there right now. Brandon Ingram, you know, certainly the guys in. In Phoenix here. So now you're looking at, you know, are we looking just to get back draft picks for pick swaps, maybe some serviceable players like Utah did here. And I think I think that's a decision that the front office will probably have to answer when we get to late November, probably early December. Speaking my language now, you exactly. know this, right? Yeah, you are because, speaking my language. Listen, there's... I don't, you can't blame them for saying, okay, man, let's see if we can make this work. KD, Ben Simmons, 
uh, Kyrie, Joe Harris. Like, let's get the band back together and make a run for it. Like a couple years ago, we got Kevin Durant foot on the line against Milwaukee from advancing to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I, okay, but now you now now it's a disaster. Nash has been fired. Kyrie suspended. Team's terrible. Ben Simmons is awful. It didn't work. But you've also lost your leverage now if you're the Nets. You're not going to get anywhere near what you wanted three months ago. So in three months, the majority of your leverage is gone. You're not getting those guys. Right. You're not. You might have been able to get Cameron McHale. I don't think you would have. I know the Suns were trying desperately not to. Um and I and they never put them in an offer, but the Nets also always used to tell the Suns, you don't have what it takes to get a deal done. Okay? The Suns were very willing to give up all of the draft picks, all of the draft picks and pick swaps, whatever they would have taken. But they didn't want to have to give up, you know, any of their core players. Um, and this and the Nets never had interest in DeAndre Ayton. I mean, now if if, if DeAndre actually wanted to leave and and you were the Nets, you would love to have a guy like that because sure. you're not going to get it. You're not going to get anybody like him from another team. I don't believe. And that's not even to suggest that DeAndre Ayton would be even made available in January. You know, when something like this could well, happen, and he but could he could veto anything. And he too. could and he could veto anything if he wanted to, even in the first place. It just it does seem like, especially if the Nets don't start winning games. Now, I I think I know. Bobby said 10 games, and Bobby knows a lot more about this than I do. I, I think they'll give Yudoka a little bit longer than that, just given his kind of pedigree there and his history there, that maybe he'll be closer to like 20 games. Yeah, January. Before, yeah, I mean, just, January. Yeah, not not the end of November, but more into December or January. But I think if by then they're still, now they're kicking the crap out of Washington tonight. That game's on the monitor over there on the far left. I think they were up by 25 the last time I looked. Not that that's, you know, it, indicative of anything other than they're beating a bad basketball team. But if we get a couple months from now, and the Nets are still really, really bad, the the Nets will have no leverage in Kevin Durant. They're just going to want draft He's picks. He's a 34-year-old player and your window's closed. Closed. It's closed. Slammed shut. Nobody's coming to play there. Right. Okay, so it's not like KD's going to be able to recruit somebody to play there. Nope. You'll have a bunch of teams that will be willing to give you the... Now, maybe Golden State, you know, figures, hey, listen, this you know, where, where, like I, I told you yesterday, I'd be worried about Golden State. Yeah, and you would should they be. give up Poole? Would they give up Wiggins? Would they give up Wiseman? Would they give up any of those players and the draft picks to try to make a run? So I would worry about them. But I think that the window is closed in Brooklyn. Right? Once they realize it, then they've got to trade a 34-year-old guy for draft picks. I'd have to look and see what Golden State's draft situation is like. The Suns are in a position of absolute strength when it comes to their draft picks. They, they can offer everything. Absolutely. They can offer everything. I don't know if Golden State has that same strength or not, but it, at some point, the Nets, if it keeps going south, the Nets were going to say, let's just get whatever we can. We've lost the leverage. We need draft picks to be able to is, reset and rebuild the organization. We'll take the deal. Okay. Is there anything the Suns can do between now and January that would convince you that they shouldn't trade for Durant? Because you know me, oh. I, I don't know that I want to trade for Durant right now. Yeah, there's stuff they can do, but you're big on it's all about the playoffs, not the regular I, yeah, season. Yeah, and I know, I know, I am. Um, and I, if if Cam Johnson can average 25 points a night, <laughs> you know, if if Cam Johnson becomes an elite scorer on this team. Then I think maybe you don't need to make the deal. If DeAndre Ayton can average twenty six and fourteen a night for this team, if they can keep winning games, here here's a hypothetical for you. 
keep winning games and Chris Paul shooting 23% from the three-point line. You keep doing that through January, through February, that might be what it takes for me to go, you know what, second thought, you don't need Kevin Durant. You're fine. You have built a team that is good enough to withstand the fading offense of Chris Paul, and that team might be able to win in the postseason. Do those things, and maybe I would back away from my go-get-Kevin-Durant. But you're right. To me, Kevin Durant becomes a necessity in April and in May and in June. And outside of anything extraordinary like that happening, I don't know if there's much the Suns can do to convince me they don't need that guy with the I'm just so around. big on I really like the I really like the second window's chance. I know you do. Because Golden State's gonna be toast, I think, with you know, with those guys just older and everything. I would worry about Dallas getting a star with Luca, but I love the Booker, DA, Cam, McHale, plus having all the picks available to add something to that window. Yeah. I love that window. Yeah. I don't want to mess with that window. But I don't want to sit here and be like absolute either. Like there are things the Suns can do between now and then that would convince me they don't need to make a Kevin Durant trade. I don't want to say, nope, absolutely not. It's got to be Kevin Durant or nothing else. They can do some stuff. The things that I just mentioned, they do that. Maybe they don't need them. Maybe they don't need them. Right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show. Yes, we're coming back on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're not done. And when we come back, Suns Trailblazers. It's the main course tonight here at Footprint Center. Don't go home. It's we'll, not over. It's not. We'll continue to preview the big matchup. Valley Sports Studio host Tom Leander joining us next here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bonus Burns and Gambo on this Friday night as we're walking you right up to Suns Blazers action. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports. You'll be able to watch it on Valley Sports Arizona. And joining us right now, it's been a while since we've had him on. It's good to have him here from Valley Sports, our buddy Tom Leander of Tom and Tom. What's going on, you Tommy? Guys, you, guys are more, you guys are more casual than me and TC. It's like, hey, Gambo, you know, commercial breaks ending. Oh, you take a seat. Put the headset on. I'm like, <laughs> Man, I thought we were casual getting ready. Oh, on the set. Yeah. Drives our producers crazy because they're like, five seconds. Well, yeah, I know. Tell TC to put his headset yeah. on. You know? I never have yeah. to worry about it because I he, he's he is the driver. Yep. Like you, you're like the driver. Me, exactly. That's so why I got you guys, chambers and go, you got sit it. your butt we down. We can come back five, yeah. ten mm-hmm. seconds into the break. We're okay. Yeah. You guys can't. No. You got to be ready the second they say, go. I Like me, yeah. I don't have to be. I just, hey, here's to being the grown-ups in yes, the room. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the challenge. Then. Here's the challenge because the producer is talking in your ear, going, "All right, we're going to commercial break, and we got ten, we got nine, we got." And so Gambo probably says something like incredibly genuine and funny, you know, something that's going to spark a reaction, and you got a deadpan look, going, "Sorry, dude, didn't hear you. My producer was just talking to my ear." <laughs> I do that to TC a lot, and man, does he get mad? He's like, "I said a funny, and you didn't even react." I'm like, oh, well, I, I had does, a guy in my." Does Tom get all hurt? Yeah, he's, oh, he's still, you know, so you can't. So, you, so you saying oh. you can't listen? to the station and him at the same time. Can you do that? I can't. You see? You see? That's what I try to tell I this can't. son of a gun every time. Yeah. We, have, we have a big argument over that. I can't like I can't watch two games at one time. Uh-huh. We I have can a, only watch one no, game at a time. I'm the same way. Oh, thank God. It's somebody like me. Yeah. Thank God. Oh, there's a lot of people like you. I'm, I never said there wasn't no. anybody like you. I, I just, can't. I, like, we were talking last night. What do you do if you're a Philly fan? You, Of course, you watch the Phillies game and not the Eagles game. And I'm like, I just watch both. I put one on the TV. I put one on my iPad. Okay. And I just kind of can't. Here's the, big, on both. Here's, the big, here's the big question. We're not even going to talk Suns for a second here. Here's the big question. <laughs> this is more you, fun. You're watching TV. 
Your wife comes in and she wants to talk to you about something. Mm. What do you do? Well, pause it. See? Thank you God see? for DVR, oh baby. You see? I mean, DVR has probably saved our That's relationship. That's what I do. Yeah. I have to. I cannot. Mm-hmm. I have to pause the TV. I can't. I can't listen to her and watch We the TV only have the one TV, time. one working TV in the house now. <laughs> and I come back and she's watching some weird Netflix movie. And I'm like, you know, the Warriors are playing the Sixers right now on TNT, hon. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, DVR it. But I don't go to bed till 2 in the morning because then she okay. goes to bed and then I watch, rewatch everything. <laughs> we have. We got to get you another TV. I know, see, that's right? what I'm saying, right? You're like, right? I had it's, one TV in the 70s with my family. I know. It's my wife and I and only my wife and I in the house. We have six functioning televisions in our home. Oh I mean, I could Why? go to this room or that room. or th- I've got one room that's got two TVs up on the wall. I can watch two <laughs> things at the same time. I mean, it's like, what? what you got a TV. So you guys that. get deals, though. You guys get car deals. Oh, stop you get, it. You know, I, I, I don't deals. get a deal on oh, TV. You guys got deals no, right and left. No. I hear your commercials all the time. No, no, no. I, I, V's Barbershop is not buying me a TV, all right? No. I'm just like, <laughs> buy a TV. That's what I do. <laughs> I know. We are kind of the Flintstones. One no, television. But, wow. but again, in defense of myself, if I'm watching a show that I'm like streaming that I'm into mm. my wife comes in. then I pause it a game mm. a game to me I can still watch it without listening to it no I can way. see what's wow. going on can't do it oh yeah it's just yeah. That I can't good. do it that's impressive right. talk about the Suns basketball team so uh, no campaign tonight sounds like yep. so uh, I imagine little, little Dwayne La- Washington or Landry Shamit. you know I think Monty turns to Landry I thought Landry looked really good in the playoffs he's when he's well playing the point his defense too. has been great he plays with pace um, I want to see him get more minutes. I'm actually, you know, for the few minutes we've seen him so far this season, there's just something about his game that I'm like, he could just turn it on. I just, you know, shooting-wise, but just defensively and being on the floor, I just feel like he's a really positive presence, and it won't show up in the box score. Listen, the whole bench overall, I've been I've been so pleasantly surprised by Bismack Biombo. The mm-hmm. two, it's such the Houston game with two block shots. The Minnesota game, four more blocks. Like, his ability to protect the rim with JaVel Gaunt has been great to me. But the the only, the only time I've seen his bench not play well was that stretch in the fourth quarter against Minnesota. Edwards hits the two threes. They get back mm-hmm. in the game. Monty's got to call a timeout, bring all the starters back. That's the only stretch this year where I really have not been uh, happy with the bench. Other than that, I think they played extremely well. Yeah, they really have. And I mean, Damian Lee, obviously, in the first game, and we really haven't seen that much since. We could still see him break out at any point. That's that's the thing. The potential of each of the guys on the bench yeah. coming off the bench could have a huge impact. Torrey Craig, he's already shown a couple of games He's scoring 8 to 12 points, and, and he's shooting the three better. I thought he kind of um, disappeared a little bit last season at times. I mean, didn't have the impact that he had when we first got him for that final. We run. were talking about that earlier in the show, actually, because Gamble brought up the point, and I thought it was a really good one. Everybody talks about Cam Johnson replacing Jay, and of course he has in the starting lineup, but if Jay were here and playing the role that he was intended to play, Corey Craig has really replaced Jay. I mean, for the yes. most part, right? And no question. That, that power forward off the mm-hmm. bench. And 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 you're right, Tory Craig. His first go around, it was good, Tory. His second go around, it was eh, not so good. Where Tory. is Tory? Now it's kind of like we're back to good yes. Tory again. Now he's yeah. not going to shoot 47 percent from three for the whole but season. But when he shoots a three, do you feel better than when Cam or Jay Crowder did? Not Cam. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jay, Jay was unless so it was like it's unless there was like 30 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, Jay's going to make that, even though he's made it and missed his last I mean, if, seven. If it was one of those nights where Jay was going to, you know, if it was five for. 7-J, because Jay would have like three or four games where he's 
five of seven. He's four of eight. He's three of six. You know, then, yeah, shoot away, Jay. Knock yourself out. But one for ten, Jay. You know, oh for nine, Jay. I didn't want to see that guy shoot ever again. You know what's really different is, and we don't go to a lot of practices. There's just not, you know, it's just not as open as it used to be. In today's world, I don't blame Monty and James for opening up practice like it used to be. I used to sit next to Ainge and Hornacek and all those guys. But now, you know, especially after what we saw with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, anybody with a phone is a threat to the organization. So, but when I have <laughs> I've never been, thought about it like that. Oh, no doubt. Anybody with a phone is oh, a threat to the organization. Yeah, I'm thinking Robin was, Lopez broke, breaking that door. Oh, yeah, wasn't that great? Oh, we had full great. access back then. Now yeah. it's like, it's probably the video coordinator or somebody who was just, you know, in the gym at the time that, you know, posted that video. But, um, you know, going back to the Jay Crowder thing, when you are in the gym, even at the tail end of practice, the one thing that you notice, one of the differences, his voice in that gym was so prominent, was so loud. And then you think about JaVale McGee, too, like in the hallway, you know, the, we're the biggest, baddest dogs in the world. So when you remove that during the offseason, I thought, man, that's going to be a big void to fill. But, I mean, there's still plenty of toughness, and I just love the, the start to the season as you guys take live selfies. Well, he's taking one of you, yeah. too. So yeah. Jay, <laughs> he, he has no idea who I am. Jay, the one thing intangible with Jay that I talked a lot about is that Jay was the one veteran on his team that had the ability to get on Monty, to get on Chris, to get on Devin. To get on Monty. On Monty. I just said that. To get on Monty. I just, yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Wow. Yeah. Did, he, Did you see would, him get like, on Monty? I know that he has. Oh, yes. See, I've, right. I've known that he'll, he'll go at those guys. You know, because he had respect. Sure. Jay had tremendous respect. Mm-hmm. So the younger players weren't going to challenge Book or Chris if they were off on something or, mm-hmm. or, or Monty. But Jay, Jay could. Jay had the respect of all those guys to where, you know, if he needed to say something mm-hmm. to the coach or the star players, he was able to do it. And his voice, being a respected guy, his voice yeah. carried weight. I think every team needs a little crazy. And Jay has just enough crazy in him. You know, the salsa dance with LeBron. And, you know, but you you need somebody like that who steps out on the court and puffs up his chest and like, I'm not going to back down to anybody. Yeah. So, you know, I, I thought there was going to be a void, but so far the Suns are not missing a beat. If you had told me that the Phoenix Suns were going to start the season 6-1 and one, and Chris Paul was going to be shooting 23% from the three-point line, <laughs> or, you know, it's like one of those, you look at his numbers and there's still sort of almost like a magic trick type element to it, of it, like, wait, how? How are they 6-1? and one? And, and I've watched every minute of every game. I know how they're 6-1 and one without him, but are, are you surprised that they've been able to pull this off with him, at least shooting-wise, doing the things that he's doing so far this year? You know, what surprises me is our preseason conversation with James Jones. I mean, James flat out said, you know, Chris went into this offseason, he relaxed, but he also took care of his body, came into the season with a new approach. And this is what James said before the season. He goes, he's going to look to score earlier in games. He's not going to turn down those three-pointers. We really haven't seen that. I think there was one game maybe against Houston. He came out, you know, shooting a little earlier in the game. So we haven't seen that offensive mindset. And again, the Suns haven't really needed it. So I'm not surprised by his low shooting numbers, his low three-point numbers, um, and the Suns being successful because that's kind of what's been going on the last two-plus years with Chris Paul. As long as he's managing that game down the stretch and, and you just you can't hurry him up and, and to not commit turnovers. I mean, you watch so many other games you know, around the league and these guys are just coughing up 
possessions. Portland, in they're averaging form. like 17, 18 turnovers a game. Exactly. I mean, I mean look at Portland's turnovers in the Miami game in New Orleans. Like they turn the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. The Trailblazers. So I think I think that Chris is one of those rare guys that can affect the game so positively without shooting the ball well. Yep. Because he's the floor general. Because he's such a great passer. So um, they'll be they'll be if he if he has a down year and it's and it's career lows in three point shooting and free throw shooting and field goal percentage. I still think they can win a lot of games based on all the other things he brings to the table. And the only thing that concerns me about Chris Paul at his age, which he can still play on the offensive end, is defensively. And we saw that a little bit in the playoffs, too, with Luka Doncic's teams trying to target him um, on the defensive end. And, you know, that's usually where players, as they get into their late 30s, start to slow down even more on the defensive end, right? You just don't have that lateral movement that you may have had before. He still has the instincts, obviously, and he's still going to get his steals. He had five steals in the first half against Portland the first time they played him. So, What team now, knowing what you know, what team is the biggest threat to the Suns in the West? You know, boy, I, I guess I was off base on the Clippers because I really thought they were so loaded. And I'm not going to, you know, give up on them right now. But, you know, eventually it's got to be Golden State because I really, I look at Golden State's bench and I'm just a, you know, Jordan Poole. I'm a huge fan of his. And I think Wiseman is going to have an impact. I think Kuminga is going to have an impact for that team. So, you know, their starters are going to come around. Kerr just said that you're never going to see Clay Thompson play back-to-backs probably this season. So they still have to gauge his health and keeping him bouncy for the playoffs, but when it all comes down to it, I mean, that's probably going to be the team that when you get close to seedings going, oh man, where's Golden State? Memphis hasn't, you know, hasn't done anything yet, um, you know, to throw any fear, but going into this season and after watching them toward the end of last year, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be a big part of that equation too, and he hasn't played. All right, you got a show to go do yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Valley Sports, go do it. You all and right, Tom. Man. Great you know, to see you guys. Keep him in line. I will. I'll try. Yeah, please. You know, uh, do you Probably set high. It's called the shock collar. So whenever he kind of gets on that edge, it's just zap. Uh, do your best. Yeah, exactly. We'll be watching, right. and uh, we will return the favor. Uh, right. we'll, 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 we will happily come on your guys' Try to show get you guys on tomorrow night, but that's a, it's a weekend, family time. I get it. I get. I see your schedule. And nobody's asked me. If I, nobody asked me you about it. it along. Yeah, pass it along. That's me. Maybe I would have done it. I, I, we got to do more. I that's suggested you line. might be unavailable, but, but <laughs> I, 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 was, I guess I should have checked with you. But just, I just, just you or TC, text me and let me know. You need a better secretary. That's yes. Okay. Yeah. I am not his secretary. You can uh, leave now. I will. I will. On that note, you can go. Now I'm never coming back. Tom Leander. No, of course you're always welcome. And you were going to give him one of your six TVs, weren't you? I was. You know, just so the poor guy could watch a game at his house and he didn't have to watch some dumb show on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. I got six TVs. I'll give you one. I give you one for free. Uh, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo, one last spin around the top stories of the day: Suns Blazers coming up, and then of course. Cardinal Seahawks on Sunday. That is next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Yeah. Bonus Burns and Gambo. Final segment, and then we'll turn things over to uh, John Bloom and the crew down there courtside getting ready for the Suns and the Trailblazers tonight. I got busy sports weekend. Let's just kind of go round the horn on this bonus oh, Burns and Gambo. It, it is a busy weekend. It really is. So, uh, I, can I say I'm really looking forward to ASU UCLA tomorrow? I know you are. You've, I am. You've got a soft spot in your heart for ASU. You I have do. all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had John Wilner on the show earlier today. If you uh, don't know, if you're listening to the show, John is a Pac-12 insider with the San Jose Mercury News. He's the best in the business. He wrote a story 
story on their website a couple days ago that shocked the hell out of us. He's like, yeah, ASU's going to a bowl. They're going to win three out of their last four games. Wow. And it's going to start with a win against UCLA. And we had him on. He absolutely confidently backed it up. He said, I think defensively UCLA is flawed. I think they're probably looking past ASU a little bit, thinking that they've got this one in the bag. Offensively, ASU between Bourget getting the start and Valaday and the things that he's doing, there are weapons there that UCLA will struggle to contain. And he absolutely believes ASU is going to upset. What are they, the 12th ranked UCLA Bruins, right? In the- I think they're top 10 in the AP. I think they're 12th in the the bowl pro- playoff projection thing. And honestly, once for me, once the bowl projection comes out. That's all that matters? That's all that matters yeah. to me. That's the only ranking that matters. Yeah. The AP becomes I, I know they're top 10. I, think, I believe they're 10th or top 10 in the AP um, for the first time since like 2009. They got a great running back. Uh, the Charbonneau kid, fantastic running back, but ASU has one too in Valaday. This is a big game. Trenton Bourget is not playing Colorado. Okay, it's UCLA. It's not Colorado, uh, but I like that kid. I like him a lot. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, but I really, I really like Sean Aguado. I'm really look. I'm hopeful that Sean Aguado gets a job as the head coach. I know. And, uh, I can tell. I, I mean, I do. I hope that he gets it. I, I and my philosophy is real simple. I mean, I, I think you've tried every other avenue and none of them have worked. Why not try the local guy? that has all the connections here and wants this job really bad. and I mean, that, that's an avenue you have. You've gone down every other avenue. You haven't gone down this one. That depends on how he does, but I, I'm, I'm in favor of him getting the job. I, I, and I, look, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not in favor of him getting the job. Uh, if I, What I don't want to have happen is this become another Earl Watson situation. And by that I mean, I don't want the Suns to become so, or the, I don't want the Sun Devils to become so enamored with Iguano that they at least don't explore what what else is out there you for need them? To explore. I agree. You, you know, because explore. the Suns made a, a just a tragic mistake. And uh, now we're not even going to interview anybody else. Man, this is the guy. He's he's great. He's awesome. He was terrible. He's a train wreck. It was awful. And I'm not saying Iguano would follow the same path. I just think you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your fan base to make sure you explore every option. Because if there are truly like legitimate names out there, and I'm not talking about Urban Meyer. I'm talking about Deion other Sanders. Guys. Deion Sanders. Um, the Oregon offensive court. Coordinator who's got local ties, uh, Dillingham. Dillingham, yeah. Dillingham, I mean, it, yep. You owe it to yourself to at least explore that, you know, to make sure you turn over every rock. So I'm not not rooting for a guano. I'll tell you this: if he does take ASU to a bowl game this year, if they do win three of their last four, hard not to bring him back. It's going to be very hard not to give him that job. Yeah, and maybe what well, yeah, I saw Doug Haller suggested this. He's a longtime ASU writer. Now he covers all Arizona sports for the Athletic. Say, look, at the very least, the new coach has Iguano on his staff. Now, whether Iguano would want to do that, I don't know. But his suggestion was, at the very I, least, he's earned a I, spot on I the agree. new guy's staff. I agree. I mean, I could see him. Whoever the new coach is saying, look, if you want to stay, we'll definitely. Now, maybe he gets some other opportunities, but I could see him wanting to, the new coach wanting to keep Iguano. Now, again, maybe he's got his own guys. I don't know. But uh, there's plenty of time left. There's several games left. we got to th- see how Iguano finishes. Uh, but they, if they beat UCLA, and he's got wins over Washington, UCLA, I mean, it's it's you definitely got to consider him. Yeah. You definitely got to consider him. A big um, game tomorrow. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, big game tomorrow. What time is that game? 
thirty, I believe. Six thirty. Okay. Thirty kickoff. Okay. And uh, you'll hear it here on. I don't know if you'll hear it here if on if it's on ESPN six twenty. I'm not sure. I don't want to say which one that it's on. But that is tomorrow. And yes, UCLA is ranked twelfth in the latest college football 12th, playoff yep. rankings. Uh, we don't talk a lot of college football on the show, and I doubt we'll have the time to spend a lot of time on this on Monday. Uh, Jaden Daniels at Alabama this week too. Number right? Number one, Tennessee. Number three, Georgia this weekend. I mean, that hello. That's that's Rocky Top, baby. That was an unbelievable game when they beat Alabama. Uh Uh-huh. That was a great game. Two undefeated SEC powerhouses, Tennessee and Georgia. Where's that game at? That game is in Georgia. Yeah. I don't know that Tennessee can win there. At home? I don't know if they can either. And then again, at LSU, I think LSU and Jaden Daniels against Bama. Uh, I believe you're right. I think that's Yeah, I was, uh, but I was thinking of this week or next week. That game's coming up. Uh, nope, that is this week. That's this week. Sixth-ranked Alabama versus tenth-ranked LSU. Yeah. That is also this week. Yes. Um, so that's college football. Of course, NBA. We just talked. Got done talking with Tom. Back to back. Back to back games against the Trailblazers. No Dame Lillard tonight. No Simmons. Looks like DeAndre Ayton will be back tonight. Uh, Troy Craig. In fact, Ayton is definitely back tonight. Troy Craig definitely will play tonight. Cameron Payne is out. He will not play. Yeah, I don't know. The Portland without Simmons and without Lillard. That's gonna be hard. That's gonna be hard. Yeah, that's gonna be hard for them to compete. They're, they 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 struggle defensively. They've been really good, but without their top two players, they're again knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Um, and then after these two games coming up against Portland, they play Monday. They play Monday against Philly, and Philly's not off to the best of starts either. And they lost James Harden for losing, the month. They're losing to the Knicks right now with 32 seconds left. Oh, look at that! They are. Yep. Um, Didn't beat by the Knicks. Um, that game's coming up on Monday. They're at Minnesota on Wednesday. So a nice. Nice little challenging road trip for those. Even though they handled Minnesota the other night, and even though Philly's not off to a good start, those are still two pretty good teams back-to-back on the road that the Suns are going to be playing when they're done with Portland. And I would imagine, too, the Suns will be looking very much to avenge the one loss they have this season, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. And then, of course, on Sunday, guard Seahawks. And I, I think it's safe to say the entire mood of the Valley will be determined by who wins this game on Sunday. Cards win. We're all refreshed, renewed, invigorated. Hey, our team's back in it. We're good. We're okay. All right. We They've staved off elimination. They lose. They've been eliminated. I think so. I think so, too. I don't think you come back from three and six. I don't think you do either. I'm not going to be able – I'm not going to sell anybody uh, well, this uh, any any false belief that they, there's still a chance that they can make the playoffs. They've just got to win six out of seven games or whatever. I just like, – you're a three and six football team. You're not that good. Yeah. You'd have to go six and two just to finish nine and eight. It's not going to happen. No. Not a, it's, it's not, not, if not you're a, a team that's bad enough to be three, three and six. If you're three and six, like, yeah, what makes you think you can have a complete role reversal and be that much different? Yeah. Like, you literally have to flip your football team on a dime, right? And just, whoop, nope, never mind, we're great. And the other thing is, if you lose to Seattle, now you've lost the tiebreaker to them. You're 0-3 in a division. Yeah. You start to lose all these tiebreakers. And, you know, you end up, even if you somehow play well and end up tied with Seattle, you're not going to get to the playoffs ahead of them if it comes to a tiebreaker. No, it's not. And, and But I also don't want to miss the opposite. And I don't want to make it sound like it's like this is a, no, the, Sun, the Cardinals can't win this game on so Of course they can. And if they do, we're all going to come in here on Monday and feel so much better about their chances. I mean, not that we're all going to be picking them for the playoffs, but at least we'll be able to breathe and go, okay, they're still in it. They're still relevant. They still have a chance. They saved their season. And it will be arguably the biggest win 
in Cliff Kingsbury's career. Yeah. You can make that argument. You can make the argument that this is a very defining game for Cliff and his future. Um, Because if if this team loses this game, there's going to be a lot of guys in that locker room that are going to realize the same thing we realize. We're too far behind. Yep. And we're not making this back. And then, you know, all of a sudden it snowballs. You have a really bad season. You go 6-11. and And uh, it's a big disappointment. And then people, and there's going to have to be some sort of changes if the season is that bad. No doubt about it. That is going to do it for us here on this Friday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. We will see you Monday, straight up 2 o'clock, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.